With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish Podcast. It's Fulhamish Extra, your extra slice of Fulham FC content. My name is Sammy James. Thank you for downloading the podcast today. Sorry uh, that the upload is a little bit later than usual. In today's episode, we're going to be previewing Saturday's game against Hull City. Or is it Hull Tigers? Who knows these days at Craven Cottage? Good to have a Saturday three o'clock kickoff back in our lives. Also, we're going to be hearing from former Fulham striker Collins John. He's always good value when we get him on Fulhamish. It's been a little while since we've heard from him as well, so it'd be interesting to get his thoughts on Fulham's start to the season. Uh, We're going to be speaking to Peter Johnson from Tigerlink, which is a Hull City supporters group, to get an opposition fan view um, of Saturday's game. But just quickly, let's have a little brief look at Hull and the challenge that they will pose to Fulham on Saturday. And well, the very definition of a middle of the road team so far this season, they're bang in the middle of the table on 13th, a goal difference of zero. They're the only side in the championship to have that currently, but they are on quite good form um, in their last uh, couple of games. Uh, a routine 2-0 win over Derby on Saturday. Jared Bowen, their main man, getting both of the goals there over a Derby side that really uh, seemed to be struggling ever since that instant earlier in the season. Uh, and it was interesting to see the decision they made on Richard Keogh uh, yesterday, I guess kind of the inevitable after the injury uh, that he picked up. But Hull's certainly taken advantage of a, of a Derby County side that is just really struggling at the moment and seems kind of shell-shocked um, from what happened at that uh, team bonding exercise, ironically. Uh, but what was far more impressive was Hull's uh, win midweek before that, just over a week ago, a 2-1 win away at Nottingham Forest who have really been high-flying this season. Obviously, Nottingham Forest came to the cottage uh, and did a job on us, but Hull very much did a job on them. They got two um, goals what either side of half-time, which just really seemed to unsettle Nottingham Forest. They got a goal back um, the tricky trees, but just couldn't manage to get back into the game. And that's two wins on the bounce for Hull. Before that, they'd gone down 3-2 to QPR at home. They also got battered uh, away at Huddersfield. So you, you don't really seem to know what Hull is going to turn up, but certainly the side that is coming to Fulham on Saturday is in good form. It's not going to be as easy as we might have hoped uh, maybe when we were looking at this run of games during the international break. Uh, And as I mentioned before, their key man, as I'm sure that Peter will allude to in just a moment, Jared Bowen, eight goals this season from 14 appearances, two assists as well. Um, Quite clearly their main player this year and to be honest, from an outside perspective, surprising he didn't move 
in the summer. I know there were lots of big clubs circling around. I think there was Premier League interest as well as uh, upper championship interest, but he, he stuck around at the club, I guess, maybe thinking at 22 years old, uh, there's still plenty of years left for him to, to get a bigger move. And if he can establish himself even more in this whole side and become the main man this season, it might be good for him. And well, Seems to be paying off because he's had a really good return uh, this season. Other player to be wary of probably is Camille Krasicki. Uh, the Hull fans like to call him Turbo. Uh, 31-year-old Polish winger has chalked up with four goals. He's the only one really that's getting close to Jared Bowen uh, in the goal-scoring stakes. Also got three assists this season, so he's clearly uh, going to be the key man. And um, elsewhere in the side, they've got a fairly solid um, defensive line, uh, Eric Lehigh, uh, the American defender, has got plenty of experience at this level. Kevin Stewart, I know, is another player up there that, that is highly rated. And uh, Jordi Device, the Dutch centre-back as well, has been really impressive for Hull this season. So certainly not a side um, that Fulham are definitely going to turn over lightly, but you would like to think... It, well, it, it's not you like to think. It has to be three points, really, for the Whites. Okay, the Middlesbrough draw w- was was quite good considering the circumstances of Rodak's early red card and the fact we had to weather a storm uh, for 70 minutes and be on the back foot for much of a game, which was not a normal position for Fulham to be in um, at the weekend. But we've dropped points against Stoke. We've dropped points against Borough. It kind of goes without saying that we're going to have to try and get three points on Saturday if we're to keep anywhere near uh, with that chasing pack, which, as we know, is so congested at the moment. I mean, I think in theory Fulham could go second with a win on Saturday. But, I mean, we'd have to climb above uh, five teams uh, in order to do that. It is just so jam-packed at the top. But as they alluded to on Monday's podcast, the boys, if we can put a run of wins together, it doesn't even need to be anything extreme. It doesn't necessarily need to be 23 unbeaten, although I would 100% take it. If you could just get a, a run together of four or five wins, you will be top of this league. And you will be quite comfortably top of this league but, uh, unless another team pulls the same thing. But even so, it's just going to be a couple of teams out in front because everyone is tripping up. Even West Brom, who are top of the league, have stumbled in, in two home games in a row recently. So there's definitely scope for Fulham to move up the table. And I think we've been given an opportunity here to try and make an assault on the top of the league. So hopefully Fulham can do it. As far as we know, uh, no fresh injury concerns for Fulham going into the weekend. Obviously, uh, Rodak is going to be suspended for the whole game. It is only a one-game suspension. I think the lads on Monday... I also thought this too, thought it was going to be a three-match suspension. It is only one, um, but... Then there's the interesting question in that Birmingham game as to whether Marek Rodek comes back into the side. Elsewhere, you would imagine um, it's going to stay fairly similar. Are we going to see Josh Onoma keep his place in midfield? Personally, I think it's quite unlikely. I feel like Anthony Knockhart will return to the side somewhere. Then there's the decision of what they do with Decker Dover-Reed. Um, I personally would like to see Steffi Hansen come into that side. I think we're crying out um, for his dynamism in the midfield. But it's 
a beautiful situation that Scott finds himself in. In a sense, he's got lots of options and there's lots of competition for places in the side. So fingers crossed uh, he can find a winning 11 on Saturday. Anyway, enough yabbering on from me. Uh, let's get an opposition view of Saturday's game. Dom, Guy and George spoke to Peter Johnson on Wednesday's Love Sport radio show. He's from a Hull City supporters group called Tiger Link. Uh, and they started off by asking him how he's feeling ahead of the match. Fairly buoyant uh, after the victory over Derby, which was a, a hard-fought victory. And probably we had a little bit of the, the luck on the day, but two fantastic goals from Jared Bowen, who is a real threat to you. And we've again got a little bit of momentum, whilst it's a cliche, coming down to Fulham. And I think there'll be a lot of confidence in the side. We're a little bit of a hit-and-miss sort of side at the moment, probably overperforming a little bit relative to the strength of the squad we have, but we have some good young players who are improving game by game, and the two wingers, Bowen and Grisicki, carry a threat in every match, and if you don't deal with them, we are always likely to get goals. Um, to balance that out... I would say that we have, under Grant McCann, a fairly attacking style, and defensively, we are a little bit vulnerable sometimes and always likely to concede, partly because of that uh, sort of enterprising approach to games, and partly because perhaps we, we, you know, we aren't top class at the back and we haven't had a settled back four or at least uh, shape at the back. Um, this season, and you know we haven't invested huge sums in players, but uh, you know which is why I, I say we're overperforming. So we'll be coming down uh, to your place with a lot of confidence, I think. If we're I'm just looking at the recent results, obviously you had the two wins as we mentioned over Derby County and Nottingham Forest, especially who sort of had a recent dip in form. But those two games before that, obviously when you can lost three two at home to QPR and lost three 0 away at Huddersfield, would you say that means you know I'm looking eight was that eight goals conceded in the last four games? Do you think? Your defence is one the weak point that Fulham will try to exploit, or is it just a sort of a, a blip in form for your back line? Um, that's a difficult one. I mean, certainly so far this season, we have been vulnerable at the back. But there does seem to be a sort of forward movement, and we, we are improving. But I suspect we are one of these teams who, even when we get the right people in place and a settled shape at the back, I think we, we're a side who will go for it. And I'm hoping we'll continue that at the weekend. You know, I think we will carry threat to score. And, you know, if it ended 3-2 either way, it wouldn't be a surprise. So you mentioned there about uh, Jared, Jared Bowen scoring a couple uh, against Derby. I think that's eight goals in total so far this season. Um, that's correct. You know, clearly... and, and he, you know, he's one of these players who plays as well away from home, sometimes better in fact than at home, where perhaps he feels the pressure a bit more. And he is a winger, so to have got, and I think he's now reaching sort of 50 goals in the last two years or so, uh, being essentially a winger. So that, that's quite an achievement. And of course, our big fear is that he may depart in January for big money. And of course, we all, we all want to keep him at the, the KCOM, because without him, we would be... Uh, much weakened and I suspect that any replacement would be bargain basement and we wouldn't spend all the money we got in for him so uh, you know we're desperate to hold on to him Yeah um, it, it, I think you, you referenced earlier as well there's been a, a fair amount of turnover in the side I think 
correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there was quite a few loan players you had in the sides fairly recently after your relegation. You know, how is the how do you feel these squads adapted over the last couple of years? And you know, do you do you have high hopes for you know push, pushing for promotion anytime soon, or do you think that's a, a little while off? Yeah, I think promotion promotion might be a bit too much to hope for. I mean, if we got to the edge of the playoffs, I think that'd be quite an achievement. There's been a lot happening at Hull City since our drop from the Premier League on and off the pitch. Basically, there is still a problem off the pitch with, with our owners who promised to leave five years ago, haven't done so, haven't sold up, have alienated a lot of fans, and there's still a, a gulf between the club and fans. And, uh, you know, so that's something we carry with us permanently. And what that what has happened is the owners have squeezed. We no longer have the parachute payments, and the budget has gone right down, and so we don't have an expensive squad. So bearing all of that in mind, I think both Adkins last season and Grant McCann this season have done extremely well to get us where we are. I mean, we're mid-table, and... Whilst, you know, we always want to be saying, yeah, you know, we we can get in the top six, we can do this. Realistically, I think if McCann got us above halfway, that would be a massive achievement with the players we have. Talking of McCann, I was wondering, you know, what's the reception been to him as a manager so far? You know, he's obviously, he's, you know, he's, he's still in his 30s, so definitely on the younger side. Um, what, what, what type of football does he play and um, how have the whole fans taken to him? Yeah, if I can sort of answer that by referring back to last season when we had Nigel Adkins. Nigel Adkins arrived having had uh, a couple of not-so-successful spells at previous clubs and did extremely well. And then we tried to, I think, hold on to him, but there were problems in negotiating with the owners, his contract, uh, and he chose to leave, or at least not accept the contract offered to him. So we were again left in the situation where you know, we're going to be getting a manager on the cheap, and who are we going to get? And in came Grant McCann, few eyebrows raised, Doncaster fans weren't happy. And I think, again, he's doing very well so far and has won over the fans, which is a tough thing to do at any club, um, a tough thing to do at Hull City with the off-pitch problems still going on. Uh, and particularly tough when you haven't got much money. So, and he's done it. You know, with, we've recently had quite a few off-the-pitch initiatives. You know, cut price tickets for the first time, long overdue, op- a free open training session, free stadium tours, that sort of thing. And uh, he's become a popular figure. And I think there's a lot of understanding about the limited resources we have at the moment. And I think the fans are with him so far. Uh, in terms of footballing style, which you referred to, he does attack a great deal more than managers we've had in the past. You know, we, we had great success under Steve Bruce, but Steve Bruce was very much a manager who concentrated on the defensive shape uh, and didn't really go at sides. Whereas I would say this side, because of perhaps our strength, is a side that, that does attack and so the sort of football he plays has gone down extremely well with the, the whole public. And indeed, you know, in away matches, I think we've rather surprised quite a few sides when we've played away. If we're, if we're looking sort of 
what the future is for Hull City. I suppose what their aims. Obviously, there was that a famous FA Cup final, but obviously, you know, you've been in the Premier League, you've you've had these cut runs, and so what really is the is, is the long term aim? Any from the fans' perspective, anyway, just to get back to the Premier League and try and establish yourself back in the top flight again. Yeah, I mean that's a good question. The I think the Hull fans are still very disappointed because we felt that. We, we had two or three bites of the cherry for the Premier League, and most recently, our spell in the Premier League coincide with, coincided with Hull being the 2017 City of Culture. And unfortunately, the owners and the people at the club didn't embrace that, and we felt that we might be carried away on a wave of emotion and uh, really establish, establish ourselves in the... Premier League in uh, 2016-17, I think it was, and, w- and we felt we had a squad that was good enough to actually survive. So it was a supreme disappointment when we actually went down a couple of years ago. And there are those who say we've missed the boat, and others that say we really must try and get back as quickly as possible, whilst there is that sort of uh, feeling amongst the whole public that we deserve a place there. I mean, we are a a large city, Hull is often, people often don't realise, Hull is, is, I think, something like the 10th largest city in the UK, something like that, huge catchment area. You know, we can sustain a, 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 a Premier League football club. And certainly when we look at the likes of, say, Bournemouth and Watford and what they've done in recent years, perhaps we should be mirroring what they've achieved. Well, Peter, what is your score prediction for the weekend? I knew you were going to come up with that one. <laughs> Okay, well, look, I'm going to go for a 2-2. And I'll tell you that I think uh, Bowen might get at least one of the goals. And if he's fit and playing, I fear Mr. Tom Kearney, who we remember fondly at Hull City, like him very much, he may well score against us. 2-2, Peter. Thank you so much for giving us a little bit of your time tonight. Peter Johnson there from Tigerlink, a whole City supporters group. 2-2. Just very quickly, because we are getting towards listener questions, I want to turn my attentions to you in the studio. Dom, how do you think the game will play out and what is your score prediction? Well, I can think one thing you can say. I think both teams are definitely going to score. I can't <laughs> see us keeping a clean sheet, especially Jared Barron will probably run us ragged, but I do think it's a game where we are going to win. I think it'll be quite similar to a Luton game, so I'm going to go for a 3-2 win for Fulham. 3-2 win. Guy? I, I I see a 2-2 as well, to be honest. Um, I see it quite being similar to the Charleston game. Um, it'd be interesting. Peter just mentioned they're, they're quite, they can be quite inconsistent. Like They've just won twi- twice in a row, but they lost twice in a row before mm-hmm. that. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go 2-2. I think, they'll, I think they'll turn up against the mighty for them. <laughs> George? I think just to echo what the guys have said, two attacking sides who, you know, struggle to defend, then there's going to be plenty of goals. I'm going to go 3-2 Fulham as well. Fulhamish has partnered with the TerraceStore.com who have a great range of official Fulham merchandise with a retro twist. Some amazing products with throwbacks to some of the iconic Fulham kits of yesteryear. Right now, Fulhamish listeners can get 10% off. Just use the code Fulhamish when you check out. Uh, they've got some great presents, particularly with Christmas around the corner. So make sure you use the code Fulhamish for 10 percent off that's at the terrace store.com would you like the latest fulham breaking news straight to your phone i thought you might if so sign up to the fulhamish whatsapp channel and you'll receive regular match day updates transfer updates breaking ffc news and podcast alerts 
It's 100% free and you can opt out at any time if you want. To sign up, go to fullamish.co.uk forward slash WhatsApp and follow the instructions. That's fullamish.co.uk forward slash WhatsApp. Well, thank you very much to Peter Johnson from Tigerlink giving us his thoughts from a Hull City perspective ahead of Saturday's game at Craven Cottage. Right, let's go back to uh, Wednesday's Love Sport radio show because uh, they managed to bag uh, an interview with Collins John. Uh, always good value. We've had him on the show about 18 months ago now um, and obviously is an iconic player um, from that kind of mid-2000s era. Certainly for me, a bit of a hero growing up and uh, always love it and uh, feel a bit of a sense of pride when uh, when he's on the podcast just because he definitely was uh, a real real favorite of mine back in the day even if he couldn't stay onside uh, most of the time so back to Dom Guy and George speaking to Collins John and they started off by asking him how he's rated Fulham's start to the season well it's kind of it's kind of um, hard to say because for me personally I think they've dropped too many games um and especially what you just said, you know, uh, I think Fulham is one of the teams who has to go up because of the squad what they have. Um, but, you know, you can't really say it's, it's a bad season because, you know, obviously Scott Parker taking a job, um, he's still a young manager. Uh, for me, you know, the the, 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 the draws uh, can be a little bit less. But overall, I think uh, they're still in the schedule to, to have a good run. And in the championship, it's all about winning games consistently, you know. So I think the next couple of games, maybe two or three games, they have to keep winning. And if they have that flow going on, then obviously anything is happening. And um, so I really hope, you know, my former club to get that winning uh, streak under the belt because that's what they need at the moment. Do you think that's the biggest problem so far? We haven't been able to string, you know, two or three victories together at one time and it's sort of been a bit stop-start. Yes, we sort of had that unbeaten run sort of September, October time when we went five or six unbeaten, but do you think if we went on, let's say we, we won our next two games before the international break, you think that would give them a bit of a springboard sort of attacking? Obviously, there'd be, because there'll be no more international breaks till uh, come March time. 100% I agree, you know, because the last couple of years, championship uh, clubs who goes up, they just have this unbelievable run. Obviously, you, you remember two years ago at Fulham as well. I think they were unbeaten like 17 or 18 games. You know, that's what you need in this league. You know, you need to win at least four or five games in a row, and then obviously you can look, you can look back on your on your oppositions and you know and take a, take a gap. Because the, it's, it's a weird it's a weird um, league right now. Because even Leeds start of the season, everybody was saying you're Leeds, but even them they drop a lot of points. You know, so it's a very open open league. Uh, so I think the first team who has that streak is going to make a good chance to go up. Do you think that's also one of the frustrating things about it being so open, that there's been a lot of chances we've had that we could have won games, and then if yes. we did win the games, we could have been a lot further in the lead? Yes, I agree. Obviously, you know, that's, that's a job for the gaffer, uh, for Scott Parker to sort out in the, in the training ground. And obviously, you know, on a Saturday is to get that right, you know. But, you know, like I said before, uh, you know, um, Fulham... Uh, should go up this year because you know the squad where they have is, is definitely good enough to to, to go up straight uh, automatically because top two surely that has to be the target. Obviously, in your time at Fulham, you um, worked under a young manager in uh, Chris Coleman, and obviously this is Scott Parker's first you know job as well. Um, yeah. how, how do you think he's um, handled handling things so far? Well, it's, it's actually funny. You know, Scott is a good mate of mine, so I speak to him uh, now and then. Um, I like him. 
Uh, I think uh, the players respect him. I think that's a big, big plus for him. Obviously, he knows the club. Uh, his CV speaks for himself. He's been at a good club. Um, he got this calmness about him as well. I, I, I kind of like that as well. And uh, you can really see all these you know, managers who came in the last couple of years have this playing style, what Fulham really like to do, you know, keep the ball and, you know, uh, free on the top, you know, counter-attack sometimes and, you know, big men up front, Mitro. So I think Scott have that kind of uh, similar style to the, to, to, the, to the team. So, you know, the only thing where I would say, you know, it's too many draws and, you know, you will be judged on that kind of things in the end of the season, you know. So let's see, fingers crossed, everything will goes well. Like I said, he needs to win games at least. You know, the next couple, of, maybe two or three games, if he can win that, obviously can give him a little bit of confidence to the, to the end of the of, um, start of the season. So that would be a good thing to, for him to do. Obviously, we just come off the back of that 0-0 at Middlesbrough where you famously yeah. scored that absolutely brilliant goal. Um, is, <laughs> is, is, is that the best in your career? And uh, is that the goal? Like when you see Fulham fans, you know, these days, is that the thing you get asked yeah. about the most? Yeah, for sure. You know, it's, it's actually funny because uh, it, was, it, was, it was my birthday not long ago. And, uh, you know, I had a lot of text and a lot of um, message uh, through social media. And obviously I saw the goal back, you know, that was, for me, that was the best goal I scored in my career. Um, so, yeah, obviously, yeah, that, that's, that was a plus thing for me. And, um, you know, that's good memories, you know, to think back and, you know, and, and, and enjoy that moment. It was absolutely um, a wonderful time at that time. Talking about uh, beautiful football and beautiful goals, um, just wondering about the uh, the Dutch influence. So obviously we've had a variety of uh, people coming over from, from the Netherlands to Fulham. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but you transferred over from Twente like, uh, like yeah. Brian Ruiz did. I was wondering, you know, how do you, how have you found the differences between the two leagues? You know, do you, is it as... You know, it, it feels like it's a, a common health theory that it's difficult to translate form over from uh, from the Netherlands to England. Have you found that to be the case? Well, the Dutch football, you know, the Netherlands football, we just said, is totally different than, than the English football. I think now, you know, more, more teams kind of play from the back and, you know, like to play possession games and all that. But when I was there, it was more, more, was more direct and more very physical. So for me, it was a big adjustment to, to, to come to England and play that kind of style of football. But, um, you know, I was not the smallest guy uh, myself. So I had that, you know, that present about me. So for me, it was a bit easier. But it's always, it's always difficult because, you know, the language and, you know, the, 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 the culture, you know, the different food, you know, the, like I said, different style of football, you know, different, different training patterns. You know, because I remember when I was young, you know, was a lot of, you know, uh, you know, passing the ball and, you know, always possession. And then when I came to England, you know, it was, was a few times long and, you know, you had different training patterns and, you know, once a day because I used to uh, twice a day as well. So everything was different for, for me. You know, it kind of like, you know, just, you know, came in place for me uh, at a good time because I remember the first six months was very difficult for me to adjust to the English football. But after that, you know, um, I, I got used to it. And obviously, I was lucky with, you know, the teammates what I had. And obviously, uh, Edwin Fonasar was there as well. So he was a big, big plus for me at that time. He helped me a lot with, you know, with the language and, you know, you know, just just little things in training and talking to me. Obviously, you still got somebody who speaks the same language as you. So 
as a young guy, that's very important, I guess. So, yeah, I, I would say it was hard, but, um, you know, uh, at that time, I enjoyed it. When it comes to our, you know, current forward options, obviously, everyone point to Mitrovic, who's got, was I think, 11 and 14 in the league now. Do you think there's too much of a emphasis on him scoring, obviously, the goals in the system we play, where it's usually one strike formation, and there isn't necessarily a natural striker to come in for him to like, you know, you got Kamara, you've got Bobby Reed, but there's no one who can really play that number nine position. Do you do you think strikers like Mitrovic enjoy that pressure of him being the one to score like a big percentage of our yeah. goals a season? Yeah, absolutely. You just you just said something unbelievable because I think that's spot on. You know, you you have different characters of strikers. If I look at Mitro, he enjoys that. You can just see it. He's the main guy, plays every game, scores the goals. But one thing I worry though. If he dries up or has a bad couple of spells, you know, I can't really see somebody else stepping up. That is the only thing kind of worries me, you know. But, yeah, Mitro, Mitro fit, you know. He, he Even this year, he was scored 25 goals, 100%. And, uh, you know, fingers crossed he stayed fit because Fulham needed him to, to push up for the promotion. And if we're looking sort of towards the rest of the season, do you think it is about just getting that run of wins like we mentioned before under our belt and then, you know, that will be the springboard of hopefully a promotion push? Oh, 100%. I was there, um, home game uh, against, uh, was it, uh, I think it was Blackburn, uh, away game against Reading. Um, you can just you can just tell, yeah, you can see it. Fulham is, is one of the top teams at that, at that division. And uh, But again, you know, you, you can be a top team, but if you can't, you know, um, uh, grind uh, uh, three points out of the games, then you know, it's going to be difficult for anybody. So, like I said because, uh, before, you know, you have to win games uh, consistent. And I think that is the key in this uh, division to go up. And obviously, you know, well, like I said before, I think Fulham is looking to, you know, to, uh, to finish top two, to go automatically. Uh, but, you know, you never know because playoffs is, is sometimes a lottery. You know, you never know who you're going to play against and, it's always a one-game uh, uh, match. You know, you have to be in a good form with the playoffs. You, if you have a bad game, you, you might be knocked out. So, for me, personally, I think Fulham has to go for the top two position and then go to automatically up because the way they play, is, for me personally, is just too good for the championship. But again, you know, <laughs> it's all on paper. Now you have to do it every Saturday and make sure you get the three points. So, yeah, hopefully that will happen uh, possible well thank you very much to dom guy and george there and of course collins john for giving us his thoughts on all things fulham this season and how he thinks we're shaping up and maybe where fulham can improve if we are to make a bit of a climb up the table so fulhamish will return uh, jack is going to be hosting on monday looking back at the whole game from the weekend and all of the inevitable talking points that will fall from that. Wherever you're watching the game, hope you managed to catch it and enjoy it. Uh, and fingers crossed that Fulham can get the three points. So have a great weekend. Speak to you soon. And you white. ACAST powers some of the world's best podcasts. Here's a show we recommend. 
Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Sarah. And we're the hosts of Pantsuit Politics, where we've built a community around grace-filled political conversations. And we wanted to share the words of our listeners because they understand best what we do. Susan told us, Many times I've used your words when my own have failed, opening doors that allow for discussion rather than debate. Amber says we encourage her to be more involved, to be a better citizen, and to be part of her community. Nicole said, Listening to you two process with one another is the only way for me to become unstuck. With the impending election on the horizon, join us and our amazing community of listeners at Pantsuit Politics as we prepare to vote, process the election, and prioritize our values and each other. Make sure you participate in our democracy by listening to Pantsuit Politics and, of course, exercising your right to vote. ACAST, 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 ACAST recommends. recommends.